So you're walking underneath the stadium to get out to the field, and there's like a light hanging like by a wire, you know, underneath the bowels of the stadium as you're going through a tunnel, almost like a construction site, right? And then you get out there, and it's green grass, and it's the colors, and it's packed, Mm -hmm. and it's Florida in December in the grass, et cetera. And there's Shula with the jaw way out, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff. Mm -hmm. And I look down the bench. I look, I walk out, and there, okay. Oh, there's Larry Zonka. Oh, oh, there's Jim Kick. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jim, hey, Chris, hey, you know. Oh, there's Larry Little. (laughs) And on and on and on. And there's Nick Bonaconti. And I said to myself 10 minutes before kickoff, Oh, I see. Oh, I see what this is. They're all here. The undefeated team, the Bears have no chance tonight. None. And (laughs) I know they didn't make a tackle or throw a pass, but I'll never, I get chills telling you that story. I'll never forget it. Like, I see. He's got divine power in addition to Dan Marino. I get it. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. <laughs> That's see you you do that well. Thank you. Macon has trouble with that. Have you, you ever listened to the pod when he struggles with um what to say after I say happy Friday? No, I, I never picked up on it before. It's like a real challenging circumstance for our guy. Yeah. Macon will be Quite back comfortable. hopefully next week, uh it's looking like. Um taking a little hiatus here. Slinging MLS. Yeah. <laughs> showing some property. Just showing property. He'll be back. Uh, Coach Wookie is in studio with me, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit of football today. But we'll, we'll mostly be bullshitting uh, because there is a tremendous interview that you're going to get a chance to listen to. I hope. I hope I didn't fuck it up. I mean, Chris, Great guest. Chris Berman. Uh, back, 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 back. Just You're thinking baseball. I'm thinking fastest two minutes in yeah, sports. Amazing. I, Iconic old school sports center. Like, yeah, when we're older and we're uh, telling our grandkids about, um, you know, what it was like growing up as a sports fan in the, in the 90s and the 2000s, that's going to be that name. Yeah. You're going to be like, man, if you could have been here to hear Chris Berman do the fastest Whoop. two minutes. <laughs> they used to have these things called highlights. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's like literally because when you wait until the interview, you guys will hear this. I mean, him describing the difference in the functionality of a highlight reel in the late 80s to now, I mean, when you think about it, yeah. a lot of people are seeing those, those highlights for the first time. And a guy that's synonymous with football highlights is Chris yeah. Berman. Um, so got to hear from him for a while. He's also a Bills fan. So plenty, plenty to talk about, uh, including uh, what he thinks about the Brady 
uh, Belichick legacy conversation. And the drama that we saw unfold this week? Or the lack thereof, the made-up drama? Yeah, no, I mean, like, I just, everybody was using this year as, you know, this this outstanding barometer of where where we land on who did it up in New England, when that's impossible to figure out. It never will be possible to figure out. We'll be able to tell, you know, we will be able to make determinations on, you know, how Bill handles this situation, how Tom handles his situation, but you'll never know who it was, who was the chicken, who was the egg. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's the only thing I can think of. We also talk about that. So uh, stick around for that. Legitimately, I don't want to overhype this thing, but one of the best interviews I think we've ever had. Yeah, you were excited about him. Yeah, he's just, I could listen to him tell stories for a while. And a really, really good dude. I do want to get the DraftKings picks in. We didn't do a gambling show this week because there's so little to talk about. I mean, there's a lot to talk about football-wise, but there's only a couple numbers here. Um, Tampa, at this point, getting three and a half. I got on it at, at four, so you know I'm on Tampa there. Um, although I didn't take into account that like, it, I, I wasn't even looking at the weather because I think Brady will be fine in the weather. Last week, I got burnt with the weather, took the over real early in the Buffalo. You're uh, talking about the wind in Buffalo? Yes, I'm talking about those giant 70-foot flags that yes. were just reminding me the entire Ripping. game that I yeah. should just wait till Sunday to look at totals. And I'm doing that with this game, but the total right now is 51 and a half. Talking about snow up there, I don't want to make it as big a deal uh, as you might think, like Florida team, you know, Brady. I mean, Brady spent his entire year or career in New England. And newsflash, a lot of the players on the Green Bay Packers didn't grow up in Wisconsin. So snow is a fucking problem for everybody. Well, and then Sanchez was on last week talking about how snow is not as bad as like rain and other things like that. Squanch made a great point there. I mean, like wind, rain. He said it was good for offense. It is good for offense. So you might want to look at the over. If you if you like overs, you should like snow. Yes. And you might get some snow this weekend. Fifty one and a half. I would be like, I'm a little tentative. I'd probably take the under, but um, I might just stay away. Buffalo getting three points. Buffalo getting three points. I'm on both dogs this week. (laughs) I am. It doesn't feel so, you know, it's funny. It's like somebody's got to be the dog in these games, but it, these games feel like toss-ups to me. Straight up. They really do. And, you know, the only thing, you know, that you could check in the column of there might be a blowout, honestly, would be that first meeting between the Bucks and the Packers. And I think things will be different in favor of the Packers, even though the Bucks got better. I just think the Packers were better than they showed that day. Fair. And, um... I think that'll be a good football game, but Buffalo, Kansas City, part two this year will be much more competitive. Coming down to the wire, I like Buffalo to win outright, actually. I like Buffalo to win outright. And uh, the total's 54. I think, I think it makes sense to take the over here. I think it makes sense. So, yeah, I would take Buffalo and I'd take the over there. And again, Tampa, I got them at plus four. I would take them at plus three and a half. I might buy to four, but like whatever. It depends on how you feel about doing shit like that. Uh, and I'd probably lean under, but if it snows, Stanford Steve's dad says overs. Overs. That's what Stanford Steve grew up hearing from Pops was uh, snow's good for the offense. I kind of agree there. I think that's, that's a provocative argument. 
I also want to wish everybody in Philly a happy Northeast End Zone Day. Four men on the rush. Keenum throws. He's picked. Patrick Robinson back the other way. Looking for a block. Gets it. Robinson for the touchdown. Yes, I've been watching those clips all day. Yeah, so I woke up this morning in in a daze and uh, roll over, usually check the phone, which is incredibly toxic to check yeah. your phone. Like first thing you do when you wake up, but I do it. <laughs> what did the internet vomit <laughs> over the course of the last six hours? I just want to know what happened. Like, you know, 2020, it was like... We had a lot go down yesterday. You couldn't turn your phone off for an hour. Somebody Ooh. died, you know, something blew up, you know, some terrible hate group emerged. Some terrible hate group emerged, represented in, our, in the federal government. You know, like stuff like that. There was a lot, yeah. Um, so I just got conditioned checking my phone. Bunch of mentions. Hey, this happened three years ago today. The Patrick Robinson pick six. Moderately successful podcaster pressured the quarterback, hit the quarterback, ball flutters in the air. Pat Robinson, circus return. Ronald Darby absolutely just decleated, <laughs> gave himself up for the cause, and uh, into the northeast end zone. Um, Patrick Robinson went and Nigel Bradham beating the shit out of him, like punching him in the end. Like that tunnel, the security guys celebrating, like just a sea of people yeah. flailing and it around. Was loud. Say it was the loudest thing ever been, bro. And I get like damn near goosebumps thinking about it every time and I can hear Joe Buck's call. And people don't like Joe Buck, but. I love Joe Buck, as you know, if you listen to the program, Joe's a great guy, and you know, if you just get over the fact that you think he hates your baseball team, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> like, fuck, who even, like, you guys are watching baseball, no offense to Oh, God. <laughs> but, like, Joe Buck crushed it, you know, like, in, in, in my mind, I can hear it. I, I can hear on the microphone, on the TV copy, the roar as the ball snapped, and then I can hear somebody on the sideline when it's picked going, yeah it, like go back and listen to it. i don't know who it is i want to find that motherfucker whoever you are you will live forever yeah and um and then joe buck looking for a block gets it yeah <laughs> sort of <laughs> like that happened three years ago today and uh and it's pretty cool to be a part of the play what would be really cool if we get this Northeast End Zone Day started? That's where the party went down. Yeah, and uh, I just think every every year, if we're going to be posting these videos, it should just be called Northeast End Zone Day. I like it. I, <sighs> Groundhog Day. Yeah, I, Northeast End Zone Day. What that game was just that was an epic game because it was like Minnesota was putting up big numbers. Everyone was kind of like, "How's Nick going to do?" Dude, I swear, I got it. Like it was going all bad for everybody. The first touchdown, I feel like literally just all the life was out of that stadium and that that they were good too. Like we we were worried about that game. Yeah. Like, you know, like not until we got there and they played uh Meek on the loudspeakers yeah. and everybody flipped shit and then you were like, uh We'll be fine. We're gonna be all right. But after that drive though, for a second you were like, <laughs> Maybe we're not gonna be all right. It's just a special night, man. So Northeast end zone day. I don't even know what the date is today. What is the date? January 21st. Cowboy Reed. He's on it. Got the calendar and shit. He's on it. 
Yeah, Groundhog Day is coming up though. Keep that on the radar. You know, I don't. You know, I hope you didn't get too spent celebrating Northeast End Zone Day. Everybody who's not on our little heat map from from Philly um, is probably rolling their eyes. Well, I don't give a shit. There's a lot of people in Philadelphia listening to this podcast, so you know, spend three minutes on the Eagles. Anyways, I told you about the thing last night. I told you a little bit about how excited I got um, over Shark Tank. Yeah, I, I like. There was a time on Southwest when you got free TV and everybody made a big ad about it. Yeah. Shark Tank was always part of the free TV. So for like the better part of like three years of business life, it was just Shark Tank on every flight. It's actually TV that, it makes no sense because out of all the mindless TV there is, yeah. it, it's, it should actually not be free compared to the other shit. I think it's brilliant. Like the fireman who invented the thing that puts a tree fire out as soon, it's... It's, it's the number one... Um, I don't know if you feel this way, but I don't watch a lot of TV on purpose, non-football TV. Okay. You know, like, I, unless there's a show that I'm watching, like, unless it's, like, a series or yes. a game, I'm not watching shit. Right. I will accidentally watch Shark Tank for two hours. It's so Like, good. number one most accidentally watched TV show. And I show. get mad if Shark Tank doesn't continue. Like, I'm used to Shark Tank marathons. Yeah, you like want, yeah, one yeah. after another after another. No, you, you can't if watch I, 26 minutes of Shark Tank. And and sometimes it'll be like, I'll catch it right when the marathon ends or whatever, yeah. and it's something else, and I'm actually, I feel very let down. By the way, what are we drinking here? Angel's Envy. That was my gift to the pod today. So nope. Angel's Envy sounds not like whiskey. But it is. It's very good. It's got like a 98 on the score. We, I made a joke about it when we were drinking the Mexican beer. You did. You brought it up. I did, and it didn't occur to me at that time that it sounds like a like a like a like a lube that you buy at CVS, yeah. but it's actually really good whiskey. It's very good. That was um, my gift to the pod today. Well, thanks, and these are nice glasses. Stolen from downstairs. People were saying that they really like the taste test stuff. Yeah. So we got to drink more alcohol for work. I'm here for all that. And uh, work, work, work. Yeah. Work, work, pay work. the bills. <laughs> um, so, like, basically, we're gonna tell you how Angel's Envy tastes. Amazing. Oh, so you've already had your your. Glass. Oh, I've been working the whole time over here. Look. Oh, it's gone. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. I'm you not. You were really... talking about you were you were on a roll, and I just I was thirsty. It is Thursday. Thirsty Thursdays. If you have a if you have a problem, like whatever day it is, you're like it is Tuesday. Well, the best one I heard lately was, uh, if you thought 2020 was bad, she just turned 21. Oh, man. You like that? And then there's the other one, which is, why wait? Last year it was, why wait till 5 p.m.? It's 2020 everywhere. I actually drank less last year than probably any year of my life. Really? Outside of childhood years. <laughs> childhood years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I was quarantined, bro. Who wants a hangover in quarantine? I don't know. You want that? I did that a couple of times. You like that? I didn't necessarily like it, but I did that a couple of times. I don't need that. I don't need to be evaluated with a hangover, you know, by my lovely wife. I don't need, I, I, I can't be at my half best Okay. to get my work done at home. Um, okay, so let me take a sip of this thing. Angel's Envy. Let's see. First off, it smells like, it smells like whiskey. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's bourbon because it's from Kentucky. Just to be official. <laughs> kind of sweet. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I know. This shit is smooth. I know. You know, all these, you know, all these, 
<laughs> all these years. Bunch you of, were just shooting it to well, get it down. No, all these dude, all these years, um, dudes in vests were telling me about bourbon sipping and like, oh, is that a good mm. sipping bourbon? You know, like yeah, the dude in the flannel with the vest over it and the khakis the beard and all that. Yeah, yeah, with his hands in his pockets. Right. I'm t- describing Reed. Okay, Reed, do you like sipping bourbon? I actually do like bourbon. <laughs> Same fucking thing, dude. <laughs> and I love bourbon. I do. But I just never like thought about it. Like I don't, I don't just sit around and drink like one glass to be like, I might get into that shit. I see, it's good. I can see why the angels are jealous. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I got wings on it and everything. Man, can I sip it like again? Of course. There's no judging on yeah, the what's podcast. The, what's the rule though when you're into sipping bourbons? You know, like guys. When guys did that, I was like, I'm like a child or something. I need to grow up. Dudes are sipping bourbons. So I, I think there's like this whole there's like this whole class system to it, right? Where it's like you bring the good bourbon to your good friends. Yeah. And if like some schmo comes over and he's yeah. like looking at your bar, you're like, you want him to hide the good stuff and let him have the other stuff. I mean, maybe I'm just a small, shallow person, but that's how I roll. I save the good stuff for good times. Well, I don't fucking, I don't care about talking about shark tank now i just want to drink this this bourbon i um i want to sip it <laughs> i i do want to do this thing in the off season i'm obsessed with watching retro shark tanks um last night edible couch sounds like every night one thing was different though watch tv for a while shark tank was on like i said accidentally like really into it like belly laughing at some yeah. some parts. Like I don't belly laugh at anything a lot. Um, this woman came on, and by the way, this is like 2007 Shark Tank, whenever it started. Like with the original core? This is season one, season two, bro. Nice. What's the guy's name, uh, Harrington? Kevin Harrington, okay? You remember Kevin Harrington? He's the guy with the little spiky hair. He was the guy who invented the infomercial. No. Dude, when you invent a thing that rich people use to get richer epic rich fucking guy is printing money he invented the infomercial like his wikipedia says that like on the first line in quotes i didn't know you could even invent something like that he invented it and he was on shark tank and somebody joked when i tweeted about it last night they were like yeah i think the i put the over under at the times, Kevin Harrington's invested in season one and two at like two and a half. Yeah. Like he barely ever makes a move. He just basically sits there and criticizes people. And when you close your eyes, Kevin Harrington, he has a thick Cincinnati accent. Okay. I can actually hear a football coach. And the crazy thing about it is when you open your eyes, he still looks like a football coach. Like Kevin Harrington is supposed to be a football coach. Guy cracks me up. Woman came on last night. Who's the other guy you said? Kevin O'Leary? Yeah. A couple Kevins on there. Yeah, O'Leary's the, uh, what do they call Ball him? Ball guy. Mr. Money or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's a jerk. Yeah. He's kind of a jerk. He fucking told a lady that if you were at my company, I would, <laughs> I think he said he would waterboard her, essentially. He said <clears throat> this on Shark Tank. He was like, uh, if you were at my company, I would pour a bunch of water on you and I'd get the cattle prodder out. I was like, Yo, what year is this, dude? <laughs> I was like, Kevin. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. He was always harsh. I didn't. I got to go back and look at one and two. The f- Shark, t- Shark Tank in 2007 was the Wild West, bro. 
So Cuban was not on then. I don't think Cuban was on last night. And that one I was was the lore. It was the blonde infomercial guy. Yeah, the the infomercial. But then they had the the realist. Okay, I got to go back and check that cast. It's it it's a totally different ball game, dude. Okay, it's and like I said, they had a woman on there. I said turkey baster earlier. I had turkey baster on the brain because this woman had a turkey baster that was so important to her that she had been making out of her home, brought it in, the whole nine yards. Three minutes into the, the fucking presentation, they asked her, what's your manufacturing cost? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, lady, you're on Shark Tank. But what was so special about the turkey baster? I don't remember. All I remember was that she did not remember how much it cost to make said turkey baster. I like it when they fudge their sales numbers. There's so much that they they get them on the sales numbers, the pipeline. I'm just so dumbfounded by like some of that stuff. Okay, like if you're. But you're right. She doesn't know how much it costs to make. She's been. She's presumably known she was going to be on Shark Tank for quite a while. So she doesn't know what profit looks like. She also didn't anticipate that they would ask her that on national TV. Which is a, that's a tough one. Like, dude, you've been walking around for a what month. Was she telling, ask, she, what was she asking him for? All I remember was $500,000. Listen, after she did not remember the manufacturing <laughs> costs, lady, everything you're saying after this, you sound like Charlie Brown's teacher to me. <laughs> Bye-bye. And, and literally, there was a point in the show where she goes, this is the most important. This is this this is like having this is like the birth of my children. <laughs> excuse me. Even you know what that costs. You have to like, pay that bill. Excuse me. Holy Your kids cow. are watching now in 2020, like college the age turkey kids. Turkey baster took priority. Well, mom, you didn't know what the fucking manufacturing costs were. Good lord. I mean, you went on. You probably told people about. Hey, I'm going on uh, Shark Tank. I'm going on Shark Tank. This, that, and the third. Hey, TiVo this shit, because it was like 2007. And you you had the wherewithal to tell all these people about you going on Shark Tank, but you didn't stop to think how much it costs to make your turkey baster. It's wild. Um, and I love the discomfort of people having to act like they're still considering investing once they've already seen it bomb in the first two minutes. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's bad. It's a ba- it's bad good show, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we might do in the off season, we might do some, uh, some watches. Like I oh, have yes. some guests, right? Like it's ha- so fun. Just have some guests in and shit. Oh, it's so fun. Um, all right. So without further ado, got to get to Chris Berman. When Chris and I did this interview earlier today, uh, before I met Angel, Angel, we didn't know about the Ted Thompson thing. You know, so Ted Thompson passed away today. Uh, One of the most iconic GMs of his generation, you know, drafted Aaron Rodgers and uh, far too. Yeah, great drafter. Far too young, man. His health has been declining for a couple years now. So, um, you know, it's, it's still really tough, even though maybe some people close to him knew it was coming. You, you get the idea that people are still crushed. Yeah. Like what a great guy he was. All Especially the Especially with that fan base. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's family. A community. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like a so um tough, tough day for Packers fans. And um on top of it, this weekend that just adds another element of you know, guys play with inspiration. It's funny, like, you talk about and I am somebody who says like there's no such thing as playing 
north of 100%. But so often we acknowledge that there are certain factors that can lift a team. Yeah. You know, like there are factors that can knock them down too, you know, and a lot of times, um, you know, loss can can elevate somebody's game. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is... uh, he drafted Aaron, didn't he? He drafted Aaron, and I'm, I'm sure it's heavy on his mind, and it's it's a lot to play with. I'm I'm positive, but for that organization, um, it's another reason for them to really want to win this football game. As cliche as that sounds, it really right. does. That can rock a building when somebody that respected um, passes away. Or um, I'll I'll never forget Tory Smith playing the day after his brother died in an accident. Um, Good Lord. for the Ravens. It was a night game, and I want to say it was Monday night, and he had an amazing game. And I just think about just the different ways people deal with tough situations like that. I mean, there's just no, there's no slam dunk answer. Um, and I know a lot of people in that organization are probably affected. So rest in peace, Ted Thompson, amazing GM, uh, certainly somebody that's synonymous with this generation of the Packers remaining relevant and successful. So... Um, and by all accounts, a great man. We'll hear a lot more stories, I'm sure, over the next week. And I bet Boomer had some good Ted Thompson stories, but yeah. literally the news broke while we were on the line. Um, but let's get Boom on, and then we get uh, a quick mailbag on the way out. This is a treat. This is a guy I've known for a long time. He used to see me running around the pool at the Hilton in uh, Hawaii, <laughs> sipping virgin pina coladas. <laughs> you know him as Boomer. You know him as Chris Berman. I know him as somebody I used to stay up late uh, after I played games to see if we'd make the highlight reel with him and Tom Jackson. Chris, how we doing, man? Hi, Chris. Nice to, nice to talk with you. Yeah, we... We met when you were eight, probably, and uh, you know, I said, you know, that that that's a well-behaved young man here at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> and then again, I looked at his dad, Howie, and mom, Diane. I went, he better be well-behaved, or he ain't going to have a choice. And neither will any of his, you know, his brother. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I knew you long before you were a first-round draft pick. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, and we've had a few beers like uh, at some of these events that now I'm missing with everything going on. I can't wait till the world gets back to normal one day, and we can we can uh, we can have a cold one again and reminisce. But like I've talked to you about this when I was in St. Louis, we were bad. And I used to stay up till like one in the morning after games to see if we'd, we'd make the tail end of NFL primetime. <laughs> and it, it, it would be two Steven Jackson runs and y'all would get out and I appreciated every second of it, so. Well, you know, we knew you were trying, but it's hard to run, the, hard to rush the passer when they're up by 17. You're damn you know? right, Chris, you're damn right. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, when it comes to primetime and everything, and you've done all types of stuff that if you're my age, you're 35, uh, if you're 40, if you're a dude that grew up watching sports, like, you know, I know you're humble about it, but you're, you're a voice of so many people's childhoods when it, when it comes to sports, whether it was a home run derby or, you know, calling a Monday night game or doing, you know, primetime, which I've talked about at length. But when it started out for you, the fastest two minutes in football, your kind of two minute rapid fire, what just went on, what the hell happened today? Was it always like that from the beginning? What did the first highlight reel you ever read sound like? And, and how hard was it to get to where you are today? 
Well, there's a lot in there. I mean, we could give a long answer, but let me shorten up the 80s, which which is when ESPN and cable were just starting, and I was in my 20s, and, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to swim in the pool like yeah. like we were, like yeah. you were at eight years old at, yeah. the, at the Pro Bowl. And I, so we weren't doing the NFL, although eight years in, 1987, we got the NFL. So if I, if I fast forward to that, all right, mm-hmm. I was doing sports centers every night, Chris, um, sometimes two a night, which we all did. Yeah. Um, Back then, 11.30, 2.30, which would be, you know, 11.30 on the West Coast, but you're driving home in Connecticut in, in, in snow at 4 in the morning, you know, you're wondering, okay, is this the right career choice? But it was, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the deal. The highlight part, look, when we first began, hard for you and certainly a lot of your listeners to understand this, Chris, is that um, not all the games were on. So I'm saying, let's say it's baseball, right? And it's July and it's you know football. Okay, let's say it's baseball. Not every team was on on Tuesday night in the Seattle and Kansas. So any highlight we could get our hands on was like gold, right? And we cut a two and a half minute highlight of the Padres and the Giants late on you know in, in in July. Now for football. I'm dancing around here a little bit, but NFL primetime, the beauty of that show, when it started in 87, was, and this, of course, was up until about 10, 15 years ago, right? You only saw three games. You didn't get, you didn't see Seahawks at Chargers or, uh, you know, to your point, Rams playing. So you didn't, you Mm -hmm. didn't see that. So this show existed and I realized I was doing, and we and Tommy and then all of us doing highlights, Chris, for people that they never saw the game. They heard so-and-so through three touchdowns, right? Uh, but they didn't see. They didn't see it. They heard Nobody the what, but they didn't it. see the how. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I heard you tell a story. It was like on the Buffalo radio about how a Buffalo fan or Buffalo fans would come up and say, there was like a playoff game that was blacked out or something yes, to that, that effect. that was the famous one. The, that was the famous one, the Frank Wright comeback. That was the story. Oh, that I was told the Frank that. comeback? Yes, because it was a playoff game that they didn't know they would be. I think they had six days during Christmas week to sell, and the stadium was like 80,000 then, bigger than now even. And it's Buffalo, and they love the Bills, but. It had to be a sellout with 72 hours to go. So essentially during Christmas, that's a four- or five-day window. I think the game was a Saturday. So they had, you, you get my point, right? They had yeah. like no time to, and the rules were not sold out in 72 hours, blacked out 75 miles. So even that, you were showing it to the loyal fans for the first time. So you owed it to them not only give me the 60-yard play, give me third and four in the snow, one first down shy of essentially running out the clock. You need one more five-yard run. Can you get it? And we showed it. And so so highlights were more of a, I don't want to say a service, Chris, but a, look, we we understand that football fans are thirsty I don't know what happened in the Arizona Cardinals game. You know, 
what, Neil Lomax threw 350 yards? Show me. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though I could care less about the Cardinals, for example. And that was so much fun. We felt like we were bringing to life something that people might have watched on their own, but even if they wanted to, they couldn't. So that was, and that's how you watched, certainly early on, primetime. You got the three games in your market, and that was the end of it, right? Absolutely, and I can remember, like, I was a, I was a Panthers fan when I was a kid, but, like, luckily, when I was 10 years old and the Panthers became um, an expansion team, like, not soon after, uh, or soon after, was, like, Sunday ticket and that sort of thing, and, like, uh, right. you could get all the games, but... My dad used to describe to me, literally, guys walking off the field in tight races within the division or in the conference and having to make, like, landline phone calls to find out who won elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the dark ages, but... It's, like, insane. Your dad, your dad and I are that old. <laughs> no, I mean, but <laughs> not it's... Your a, not, not your mom. Not your mom, but, but dad, dad. But, but But, like, legitimately... You know, we get on planes now, and I was talking about this on a, a couple weeks ago. Can you imagine being the Dolphins week 17 this year after taking a whooping from your bills, hopping on a plane, and juxtaposed to a team in the 80s that was dependent on another team winning, and turning on a TV on the back of the headrest in front of you and watching Indy almost lose to the Jags? It's almost like you'd rather not have that on the TV on the flight home, but... <laughs> But these are the scenarios that like were commonplace in my NFL and talking to my dad, it was just so different. I mean, get on a plane, you might as well be in outer space and you don't know what happened and you gotta get home and you gotta you gotta make a phone call. So it's so interesting. Where were you that you were obviously working, but the Frank Wright uh, comeback had to be great to call in some capacity, whether it was a highlight or not. Well, we were in the studio and I'll give you the you'll love this story. I don't get to tell it very often. So Tommy and I and, and our crew watched where we watched the crew in like a war room, right, where we watched the games. Yeah. Of course, it's the only game. I think that was the first game of the whole weekend. I want to say it's Saturday, 1 o'clock or 12.30, whatever, not important. It looked early. And it looked the, early in the highlights. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a Saturday. So usually when there's 12 or 14 games being played, we got a bunch of people watching the games, right? Yeah. So, But it's the playoffs, and we've done our morning show, and now we're all in there watching. And it's, you know, it's 14 to 3, it's 21 to 3, it's 28 to 3 at the half. When Frank got picked off very early in the third quarter, it was a pick six, it was 35 to 3. Tommy and I were the only ones left in the room. Everyone gone. It's not like we don't care, but they, uh, you know, I have some things I got to take care of during the course of the afternoon. Might as well go now before the next game, right? <laughs> so, thirty-five to ten, thirty-five seventeen. About three people came back in the room. <laughs> thirty-five twenty-four. Now we had all twenty-five people back sitting in the room. It was just an. But we were alone, Tommy and I, at thirty-five to three for about. 10 minutes, like, okay, like, I guess they're not going back to the Super Bowl, and um, that was the story inside the story, then we did about an eight-minute highlight. And you um, had to be ecstatic reading that highlight, but I'm sure you've read some highlights where it was probably hard to hide your, your disappointment at times after games. Of course, yeah. but, yeah, but, but at the same point, 
somebody w- would beat the team you, you you know in your heart you might have been pulling for. You don't change what you say or what you see. Right. Some people do. I never have. I mean, I, and I've rarely been accused of it. Oh, you want to pick in the bills again? Okay, fine. It's almost like, <laughs> of course, it's it's like. It's not a joke, but it's an old... It's an old thing. Come on now. You know what this is. Where San Francisco's playing Dallas in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, or, or the 90s. Like, who, in the 90s. Who do you think? I remember doing picks, and a, and a pick that will surprise no one. You know, I picked the 49ers to beat the... But I never really heard from Cowboy fans. So, in other words, when you're doing a highlight, there are fans of both teams watching it. Yeah. So that can't change what you say and, and your observations. That's not fair to anybody. I, I, don't, I never, oh, well, the refs threw 18 fly. They shouldn't have. No. Yeah. That team was better. They won enough. So, because everybody has teams anyway. Anybody watching sports can respect somebody rooting for a team as long as you're not a jerk about it. And I don't think we were. And I think you'd find, I, I don't know if you could back me up on this, but I, and maybe things were different, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, but if you had a former player working in TV, I think fans often assume that we're like fanatics of our former teams when really a lot of times we root for the guys we played with. Um, it's not even about being you know, fanatical about a team you played six, seven, eight years with, especially nowadays with free agency and the way things have changed. So like, if you see a guy on TV, chances are he'd like his team to win, but he's not a diehard. Like, he didn't grow up a Bills fan like maybe you did. So... It's just uh, it's an interesting dynamic trying to do your job, but having such a rooting interest. And I think you 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 pulled that off uh, for a long time now. Um, how about how about this Philip Rivers stuff, man? You know, he finished playing pretty well this past year. I mean, certainly he could have kept going. You could make an argument that he held them back a little bit, but when you look back at his career. You know, consecutive starts, durability, the ACL game, fifth in yards and touchdowns, all the folklore. Is is he a Hall of Famer? The way you look at it, and you know, I just I just read something this morning saying we asked that question. It was kind of an online thing, and yeah, I got to think about it because I'm not as big on. Well, he never even got to a Super Bowl. Well, neither did Dan Fouts, you know. So That's exactly um, what I said. And so, if we go to that context, I believe so. What I like about Philip to go back a little bit because that to, to answer your question, and I don't, I, I'm the MC there, but I I don't vote. So, and of course, this is a moot point for five years anyway. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I feel. There was a part of me, these playoffs, to say, you know, Philip Rivers is going to play Drew Brees because I think they're both going to retire yeah, be wild. In, the, in the Super Bowl. Like, this would have been really good. That's a storybook, especially in 2020, the way the year went. I mean, yeah. I, that would have been cool. Philip, he never missed a start with the Chargers, right? And mm-hmm. on the ACL and in New England when it was like 10 degrees, and uh, he... And his last game with the Colts up there at Buffalo, he threw the ball great, Chris, didn't yeah, he? He did. I mean, he, threw, he threw the ball well. He missed a couple, but I mean, like, golly, they, they went toe-to-toe with those guys. They really moved the ball all up and down the field. They just couldn't capitalize on certain, like, high-red opportunities. So I just – he played at a high level even to the end. I mean, sure, won some throws back here or there, but the guy's almost 40 years old, or he was 40 years old, right, this year? 
uh, throwing the ball I around think, the yard. Well, he's got nine kids. That would make you about eighty years <laughs> exactly. old, right? Yeah, in dog years. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I would I would say so too because like there's literally a precedent for this, and I know you got to take it into context with Dan Fouts uh, and the fact that you know it wasn't as much of a passing league, and he was like a big part of. His, his role was important, whether or not he, he won a Super Bowl or not, and we're judging quarterbacks differently and all that. But I got to believe he, he gets in eventually, um, if not for just the production on the field, but also the, the folklore aspect of it, man. This guy is, he's an icon. I mean, when I think about watching football and watching your highlights, how many fourth quarter comebacks that succeeded or failed did you read through over the years that everybody was glued to in that four o'clock spot? Right, I mean Philip Rivers yep. and a four o'clock dramatic finish; those two are synonymous. The sun going down, Phil scrambling around, <laughs> trying to make up a ten-point deficit. Sometimes throwing the pick, sometimes completing the comeback. But I mean, we saw so many of those, and I just feel like coupling that with the production, it's okay to say the Hall of Fame is sometimes also about fame. Yeah, uh, it is. Um... And, and look, I'm not necessarily saying he. I mean, if you're at, you know where, can you compare him to Dan Fouts? I'm just, I mean, Dan Fouts is great. I mean, guy did yeah, one yeah. of the all great. So, was he quite as good? I, I don't know. But look, but I just bring that up because there's a Hall of Fame quarterback that didn't the same accolade and play for the same team. So that certainly shouldn't eliminate him. Now, as far as Philip goes, he was. Well, I could tell you this. And by the way. You having played for a team that's now, you know, what, four years out of St. Louis, yeah. right? I mean, I know you went up and played other places and won Super Bowl yeah. rings, which is to your credit and to those teams' credit for having you and the contributions, et cetera. But, I mean, St. Louis Rams. Now, it's weird that there aren't any St. Louis Rams, but you may have another one or two of the players go in the Hall of Fame from those teams, and then the door closes. You're Phillip, right. You're absolutely right. With it, with it, so Philip retiring, and by the way, they're tearing down the Murph as we speak. Um, not you know, they're dismantling you know Jack Murphy Stadium where they played, and it was. I, it hit me that this is really again. If he goes in the Hall of Fame, we'll have one last shot. But this is the end of the San Diego Chargers. Like it was, even though they haven't been there for three, four years, right? It's like. That's sad. Yeah. You know, and they were there a lot longer than the Rams were in St. Louis. So it, it's – but if he gets in the Hall of Fame, we'll, we will wear, like I did for LT, I'll have a kind of – I don't have a powder blue. I don't know if I pull that off, but like a I blue. I think you could pull it off. With, I'll have Charger colors on because it'll be the last time. Boom. To honor the city of the Boom. You roll up in a conversion van with a light blue <laughs> suit and a bolo tie. That's what you do that day. <laughs> And it's coming. I think I think our guy's going to get in. So, I mean, needless to say, so many great memories. Do you have one that sticks out uh, when it comes to Phillip on the field? I got a lot of them. You know, there were a lot of tough losses that they had. I brought up when he, you know, two of his playoff wins, I think he ended up, Chris, this is off the top of my head, five and seven. Like, you know, because they got in a lot, won a game, and then got beat, right? Yep, yep, um, yep. I mean, he was in that one championship game, but then they had great records and, and got upended by New England one time, got upended by uh, the Jets, you know, out there. Yeah. But I remember him twice, but then I'll say something else. I remember him twice. I said, you know, two of those wins were against Peyton Manning, and one of them, 
I want to say is when they were eight and eight. Maybe they were nine and seven, but I think they won the the West. And Peyton was a wild card, and uh, because they beat him. was in the division. Yes, yeah, yes. they were they four and eight. Beat. Boom, they were four and eight. They won four right. straight to go eight and eight, yep. and then they beat Manning. Uh, yes, and it was one of those. Oh, they shouldn't have a home game. Yeah, you should. You won <laughs> yeah. the division. I'm fine with that rule, yeah. by the way. Yeah, because me that too. means the team with the better record. We're getting off on a tangent. If we you do, can't do tangents, beat an eight, and eight yeah. team, then you're not going anywhere anyway. Exactly. So, and they they went into Indy and won another one. But I'll give you one other. I'm I'm very close with Andy Reid, which makes you know this this Chiefs Bills game very difficult for me. I mean, Andy and I are we're very close, you know. And he he played Phil, as a Chiefs coach, played Rivers twice every year, obviously, and. To hear him the week of a game they were going to play the Chargers, and even after you know, previewing the next game with me or giving me a little insight and then looking back at what the game that just happened, he goes, that guy gives me nightmares. You know, now again, he's not the defensive coach, but he goes, I have such respect for him. I mean, to hear a guy who played him 12, 14 times, and I don't know how many as an Eagle coach, you know, not as many, but a few. To hear a guy who knows quarterbacks like um, like the back of his hand um, speak about Philip Rivers privately with me, that's all I needed to know. Yeah. All I needed to know. Yeah, respect. He's got it from everybody around the league. Uh, whether or not you think he, he needs to don the gold jacket, I mean, if you played against him, you love playing against him, and you respect the hell out of him. I don't think I've ever heard a teammate say a bad word about Philip Rivers, so happy trails to him. Uh, you, you mentioned you would have loved to be his teammate, huh? That would have been pretty I, cool. I would have loved to be his teammate because one of my good friends, John Phillips, who was a roommate of mine, he was a blocking tight end, played in Dallas and played in San Diego. I remember behind, yeah, but he was behind Gatesy there, and so like it was, you know, the stories about how competitive he was. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys in the league that we build up these caricatures of them, and they might not be that person in real life. Um, Philip Rivers seems to be the genuine article. Although he did cuss once at me on the field, Chris. I, I'm, all right. I'm, it, well, you know the thing where he never cussed in his life. That's mm-hmm. bullshit, as I would put it. He's the, <laughs> he cussed at me one time. Um, so the Murph, you mentioned the Murph going down, right? Um, how about these old stadiums, man? Like I look up at, at, at the field up there in Orchard Park, which is now what, New Era Field, or have they changed the... I don't know. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, every it year. Yes. But I loved playing in big concrete. Well, a lot of times they weren't as big. They were like cozy concrete buildings. That one, Candlestick for me, was like heaven to play at, even though it was so junky. I love the old stadiums. They're going away. Could, if you could bring one back, which one would it be? Uh, so I'm going to go back a little farther. Of course, Candlestick has very special memories for me, in addition to my baseball team, the San Francisco Giants with Willie Mays. I'm old yep, enough sure, to, yep. you know, so, I mean, that's my team. So Candlestick is in a different different rung. But I'm going to give you, you know what one I would bring back? And, and as far as junkie, let's face it, it was um, the Orange Bowl. Yeah. And now the reason I say that, um, yeah, the, the history with all the Super Bowls, Namath and so many others, and you know, Steelers, Steelers, Cowboys, and Don Shula, Dolphins, perfect season. Now, it, <laughs> but part of it was, Chris, 
Yeah, the Orange Bowl was old, and yeah, the seats were. I mean, it's not. You know, we're trying to compare it to the L.A. Stadium or the Vegas or Jerry mm-hmm. World. It's another life. But to your point, there was something special, and I was fortunate enough that, that AESPN would let me cover about three or four Monday night games a year, even though my Sundays are about sixteen hours, and I'd fly day of and have a tough time completing sentences at midnight when the game was over. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but by the way, A, Miami was yeah. always good, and they always had a good early December, for Connecticut, early December Monday night game. I said, you know what, I think I should go cover that one in yeah, Miami. Definitely, so, definitely. you know, I, I'm smarter than I look, Chris. So, but there were, the games were great, including that one with the Bears, when yeah. they were the only team to beat the Bears in 85. And I will never forget it, and that's why I say the Orange Bowl. So you're walking underneath the stadium to get out to the field, and there's like a light hanging like by a wire you know, underneath the bowels of the stadium as you're going through a tunnel, almost like a construction site, right? And then you get out there, and it's green grass, and it's the colors, and it's packed. Mm -hmm. And there's Don Shula, you know, on the sidelines, and it's, okay, this is a football game. Um, Two other rickety ones. I, I only was in Mile High, the original one, a couple of times. But obviously, Tommy Jackson played there for 14 years, so yeah. I heard all about it. And that was pretty, the original one. Um, and then another one, which was, oh, the field was crappy. Um, it was old. I mean, it was time. But old RFK Stadium, this, I was in there <laughs> yeah. for a couple of championship games in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Joe Theismann um, and Gibbs, and they won the Super Bowl in 82 and they lost in 83, but they, I was at the championship games both years. The stands moved, Chris. I don't mean like the upper deck, but I mean the, the stands on the bottom would move. And if something thunderous happened, and it was, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you, yeah you, listen, you, you cannot, I don't care. I love the Death Star out there in Vegas. You know, some of these newer stadiums, I think they're big swings and misses, and I love grass. You said grass, like that's how football should be played on grass. So I'm glad that I played when I, when I did, because if I played 10 years from now, I bet you wouldn't be able to find a grass field. Um, no. You know, no. and, and I, I got that same feeling when you walked out in an old field, an old stadium, it was like you felt all the energy of everything that had been stored in that building for all those well, I mean, years. And, you know, it's just look the history. Lambo that's still yeah. up, right? I yeah. mean, you can't get that now, and and boom! Actually, I played in the last game at the Orange Bowl. I played in the third. Ah. To, yeah, I played in the third to last game at uh, Candlestick. The last one was that Atlanta game, um, which was a wild Monday night game, if I remember correctly. I was at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was wild. There was something happening. Yeah. Did, did Bowman get hurt that night? No, so, Bowman. No, Bowman yard, scored the last touchdown. He yard, scored the last touchdown for the Forty Niners at pick six. Very good. Yep. No, yep. Okay. Was, so the brain's working. Memory. Yeah, I got a decent football. But but the Orange Bowl, two thousand and seven, Virginia football going down to oh. play Miami. We closed the thing out. They had you know like kind of that big because it 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 wasn't the same anymore. Like Miami football had taken a real dive and they're still diving, but. Um, you walked in that stadium, and for one night, it felt like the who's who was back. You know, like every player you knew from Miami back in the day was on the sidelines. 
The Rock did the coin toss, mm-hmm. who, by the way, wasn't that big at that time. And, uh, <laughs> and then we beat him 48 nothing, Chris. Mm-hmm. We beat him 48 nothing. <laughs> so one of my proudest, uh, my proudest nights was closing that building out. Also, getting a chance to go back and play the Rams when I was with the Eagles at the Coliseum and seeing that same flame, which they should have brought over to the new stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that flame, I was just mystified by it. I was like, my dad used to look at this thing. You know, it's just, it's just the energy in these buildings is going away. Um, Let me give you one, since we're on a free form. I don't get to tell this story very often, then I'll let tell, you keep firing. Tell, no, so, tell it, dude. <laughs> my favorite Orange Bowl story, and again, I'm not, even most of my, look, I do Sundays in the studio, so I'm not at games like I used to do right. 30 baseball games a year. I'm not at that many football right. games. I'm at Super Bowls, in the, you know, but, but et cetera. Um, so that Bears game, yeah. which is still the most memorable, still highest rated Monday night game of all time, a regular season game of all time, will never be broken because the way TV and everything is now plus or one. So the Bears were 12-0. and The Dolphins would have one loss to whatever it was. And it's December. And these are the Bears. And they would end up winning the Super Bowl, as you know, at 18-1. and The Super Bowl shuffle, blah, blah. And I, again, so you come out, so I described halfway coming out onto the field. I was on there very early interviewing some players during warm-ups, which they allowed us to do, and they were happy to do, and they were friends of mine at both teams, blah, blah, blah. A lot easier back then, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't surprise them, but you'd arrange it. And I tell you, who always did an interview with me was Don Shula. Like, he always would go live with me at 6.10, for a nine o'clock kickoff, if I was there, and I'll take that to my grave, you know. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there, Chris. I mean, that's Tony <laughs> Tonchula. But um, he and he liked me for whatever reason. I fooled him, and, and we became great friends. And um, he, so I come out. You know, then we went upstairs to get something to eat, and that's why I was coming back down to the field about eight forty or whatever. And I come out, and there's those lights and the colors and. And it's Florida in December in the grass, and et cetera. And there's Shula with the jaw way out, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff. Mm-hmm. And I look down the bench. I look, I walk out, and there, okay. Oh, there's Larry Zonka. Oh, oh, there's Jim Kick. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim. Hey, Chris. Hey, you know. Oh, there's Larry Little. And on and on and on. Yeah. And there's Nick Bonaconti, and by the way, friends of all mine, yeah. you know, and some of those guys. Are, and I said to myself, 10 minutes before kickoff, oh, I see. Oh, I see what this is. They're all here, the undefeated team. The Bears have no chance tonight. Right. None. And <laughs> I know they didn't make a tackle or throw a pass, but that, that I'll never... I get chills telling you that story. I'll right. never forget it. Like, I see. He's got divine power in addition to Dan Marino. I get it. It's as if there aren't enough people watching the game anyways. If I see somebody who was great and I respect walking the sideline, you're going 100 and whatever, five, whatever you think the ceiling is. But there's always an extra 1% or 2%. You just can't manufacture it on your own. And situations like that, you know, Walking out on the field where there's kind of that smoky haze because there was a bunch of pyrotechnics that just went off. It's all the same feeling, right? The camera flashes, 
the the haze, the 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 seeing greats walking up and down. Like, how about t- the last Super Bowl that I was at? I was on the sideline, um, and it was the the Red Jacket game. So there's dudes walking around that are l- like living legends at this last Super Bowl. You know, when Bill was on the field with his red jacket, you know, LT, uh, just a whole, John Randall, like all these guys, and we were up in the suite. That's like, that's when you know it's a big situation. My whole career, I played in situations like, you know, the ones where we're trying to just make NFL primetime. The last couple were pretty cool. So um, how about this weekend? You've got Brady and Rodgers, who needs it more for their legacy? I'm not really into the legacy thing, but I think if, if Rodgers wins two, he usurps anybody with two rings at, at that position. Well, before we – well, let, let's go to Aaron, who is playing, and you would know more than me because you, you played against him. I mean, he, he's been great, but this is as good as we've seen him, and who's to say at 30-whatever that we don't have, barring injury, five more years of this. But that being said – if he wins, it's not only two, it's 10 years apart, Chris. Yep. Now, you paid in one in 06 and in 15, but there are very few others. And, and you know, I'm, I'm only talking quarterbacks, but there are a few other players. But to win 10 years apart and be the reason, which he would be, um, that's unreal, first of all. So... Does he need it for his legacy? Yeah, legacy is a... It's an overplayed yeah, getting word. ahead of it. I'm glad yeah. you think that way. I, yeah. You guys play four years and go, is he a Hall of Famer? Would you stop? Stop. You yeah, because yeah, to be a Hall of Famer, it's like, I did this thing. It, it's such an easy trap to fall into. I do it all the time. Like, I did it with George Kittle a year or two ago. And I think George Kittle, of course George Kittle would be a Hall of Famer if he kept that pace up. But being a Hall of Famer, it's the difference between, you know, maximizing your four-year prime and having a 10-year prime, you know, like, so what you're saying, the longevity, the ability to be the reason 10 years apart, I mean, it's unbelievable, especially when you consider the only other guy that you mentioned is is Manning, and as you know, it's like the two rings couldn't be any different in the roles he was playing on those two respective teams. Well, but Aaron would be playing the same role, obviously, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, they won in Dallas, and they beat Pittsburgh, and then now let's see if he gets there. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So, especially since, you know, he's been to championship games before, albeit all on the road. People forget he was the backup, but he never got on the field in 07 with Barb. I mean, yeah. just, just to make it clear, he was in one at Lambeau, but wasn't the holder, wouldn't, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. in there, didn't. They weren't short on special teams. You didn't have to go down and cover a punt. So um, um, that would that would be not a difference maker, but look, two Super Bowls and a decade apart, and still still at the top of your game. That would answer any question of people. Well, he did. No, what do you mean? Well, yeah. no, he did. Yeah. Now, Tom, I, here's the thing. He knew this year. He knew. And I bet you the Patriots knew. I don't know this. I've not been told this, but you know, I'm, I kind of have a good read, I think, up there. I Intuition. Mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, they're not surprised that he's playing like this, A, Tom. Because yeah. he certainly threw the ball well. There was plenty of force is the wrong word. I mean, 
He had plenty of oomph on, on all his throws. You know, yeah. it, could he throw 80 to 70 to Randy Moss anymore? No, but he could th- He could make all the throws. I, I feel, And I think New England even knew that, and Tom sure as hell knew that. Now, we also know he was playing on a better team than New England was yeah. going to have this year. Yeah. Now, did he make them? Has he made them that much better? Of course. Um, since the bye, you know, they were the last team to have a bye. Well, there were four of them, but you know what I mean. There was yeah, the last they bye. had we, that annoying late bye that you had to wait all year for, and for a team that needed to develop and get together and huddle up and say, who the fuck are we? Like, they needed perfect. that bye. You know what I mean? It was perfect. They haven't lost since. Yeah. Perfect. They're a different team offensively even. And it's not only Antonio Brown. I mean, you know, so... For his legacy, he doesn't need a thing, obviously. He's playing with house if, if money. He's playing with house money. But, but you know, there, there was this stupid debate, and I, I refuse to dignify it more than just mentioning it, the debate of was it Bill or Tom. Any success you see on a football field, largely it's, it's the ultimate team game. And if you've got the greatest coach of all time and possibly the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, why are we trying to figure out who did more? I mean, I would I would... I'm always going to be a. I'm always going to lean players north of fifty percent, um, but I don't think this proves anything negative about Bill or what they're doing in New England. If he goes and wins the Super Bowl, it just means that Tom's that great. I mean, I thought Bill did a resourceful job this year, actually, with the hand that they were dealt. And you could talk about the draft picks they've missed, and that. But that's another conversation. I, I don't. Th- I'm not going to make this a legacy thing. If he wins it, this is a. a this is a, you know, a peg down for Bill Belichick. Thank you, because, you know, I live 100 miles from Boston, and, of course, they, they can't stop talking about it. Well, right. what do you think? You know, and that's right. been all here. Even when, what's the matter with Tom and Arians? Can't they get along? Remember when they were about yeah, yeah. 500 or whatever? They can't beat the Saints. They got hammered, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, what I said in March when he left, or April, and I'm glad you said that, Chris, the judgment... And there is no judgment. There is no argument. This, But this is a three-year look. The Patriots didn't think Tom in year two would be Tom Brady. By the way, he still might be. Tom was saying, oh, yeah, I will be. Yeah. I plan on it. Yeah. And New England was going to have to do something else anyway. So how are they two years from now, which makes it three years, and... In the process, did Tom, well, he's already at one championship game, maybe farther. How did they all do in that three-year span? That's the only fair way to evaluate the decision, not who needed who more. Listen, they made magic for 20 years. Why do we have to? (laughs) Why do we have to analyze? It was was great. It's a great thing. The best football we've ever seen over two decades. Jeez. Can we just enjoy it? (laughs) The only interesting thing is, is Bill enjoying it? Is Bill up there? Why? Like Bill, I, I, people have asked me, like, what do you think Bill's? Is Bill rooting against Tom? I think Bill is totally neutral. I don't think Bill's worried about Tampa. I think Bill's worried about his football team. I think you're right, and you played for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I just, but I've known him a long. Yes, I just. Think, I believe you're yeah. right. He, he's he's not upset that Tom isn't a. He was not looking forward to Tom. Oh, he really has lost it. I don't think he wanted that. I don't. Yeah. To your point. Yeah, I, I think neutral is a perfect way to put it, Chris. I agree 100%. He's neutral on so many things outside of just what's going on <laughs> between the white lines yeah. in New England. Um, the big one, the Bills game, Bills Chiefs, we've already seen it once, which, by the way, we've already seen Packers, uh, Bucks once, and 
Although the Bucks have gotten better, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think that means they're going to blow them out worse. I think we're going to get two great games. I think the the Bills have closed the gap a little bit. You get your linebackers back healthy. Josh and Brian have just been cooking there. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. How do you see this one going? Well, you know, last week, Chris, uh, the the four divisional games, we didn't get, not like they stunk, but we didn't get what we thought we'd get, right? And really, any of them. Thanks, Wynn. I had the fucking over, boom. And I'm, (laughs) hey, I put the over in early on on Baltimore, uh, Buffalo, uh and I'm just Uh watching those flags every damn commercial break coming out of commercial. I'm like, yes, I know I took the over. I know. Just stop reminding me. Well, and and then um, you were supposed to take the under in the Rams game, right? So oh, I, I did. I did. Just, I did. <laughs> so pick, that, listen, the pick six. These, boom. It's like we used to say about racetracks when I was young, and we'd go, <laughs> "You see that? all those flower pots up on the, you know, the, the, uh-huh. on the, uh, the over on the overhang? Yeah. Who do you think bought them? Us." <laughs> We bought the flowers. <laughs> so, so it, 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 I learned that great. like in college, like, oh, I bought those flowers. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, you know, uh, at any rate, um, I would think, and we don't know if Patrick's going to play it. We, we think so, but as you know, it's, it's out of the Chiefs' hands. It's not like they're hiding a knee injury, right? So, I think he plays. Yeah, I do too, but I don't know that. I think I he's mean, in it, protocol because he got choked out. I think he had the. I think it was a crowded artery thing that's kind of floating around that he Could got. Be. You know, and so they had to put him through the protocol because how bad would that look if you're trying to? People would not understand the nuance of whether or not he should be in the protocol. Like you know, losing consciousness is a lack of blood flow or, or a blow to the head. It's all the same to everybody. Well, yeah, you would know that I've not been uh, in that protocol for yeah. that reason, thank God. So um, <laughs> We need you. <laughs> uh, that's why, well, yeah, you know, and broadcasting gets rough sometimes, but not like, <laughs> not that. like that. So, so uh, believe me, I could tell you horror stories, but not quite being on the bottom of a pile <laughs> looking for a fumble with eight people on your leg. Yep. I've not been there, you have. Uh-huh. So, um, so this, this game, look, they're both kind of, yeah, I hesitate to say in the 30s uh, because, to your point, the Bills won last week with defense, which was their calling card in August going into the season. Not the offense as much, although Diggs had arrived and et cetera. And, but no one could see his no offense saw first, this defense coming. second because they got into the playoffs two of the last three years before this with defense. Yep. And so they now have a defense that, that won them a playoff game last week. Yeah. So, and then the Chiefs' defense is, is is sneaky better, as we saw last year in December and January. Is sneaky better. It's not a oh my god, they're the Rams. They're yeah, but they're they know what they're doing, um, and they have some impact players, as you know better than me. Um, a couple guys on the line, the Honey Badger, etc. So I have both games in the like twenty eight, twenty four range. Yeah. Um, I lean as we speak Thursday because I, again, we don't know if Mahomes is playing, so I feel almost goofy completely handicapping that one. Right, exactly, um, exactly. But I lean, yeah, Chris, to the two home teams, but my God, I know Tom and what he's capable of, and my God, it's the Bills. Like, really, Boomer, you're not, well, no, I'm not not predicting. I just, you have a couple things, and this is historical, which doesn't, 
play into the game, but, well, this one does. The Chiefs are two wins away from being one of those rare teams that can repeat, yeah. and that's cool, especially a likable team. You don't have to root for them, but I don't think there are a bunch of people going, I can't stand the Chiefs. They've done an right? amazing job fun. of, of the, 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 the novelty on them has not worn off, and I think it's because Andy Reid is so likable, and I think because Patrick Mahomes is so likable. And there's like a breath of fresh air because they were the like, they were the hero, and New England was the anti-hero for all these years. Like we were waiting for a number two to change the guard up there. Like do it already. And I feel like football fans as a unit have exhaled a little bit. So I don't think people mind yeah, the Chiefs. I, I agree. It's right. So I, I kind of like that we can have a repeat champ. We've had like one a decade, right? New yeah. England, oh three, oh four, Dallas in the nineties. San Francisco did it twice in the 80s, and the Dolphin and the Steelers, I mean, in the 70s, that's, that was it. But And the Packers in the 60s. But my point is, it's like one a decade, and since this was 19 was the first one, we're still counting it as last decade, all right? Yeah. So, uh, so I think that would be cool just for history, especially with who the quarterback is, who the coach is, and to your point, you know, look at how much fun offensively they are to watch, et cetera. Now with Buffalo, I mean, my God. They're, they're 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl. This is the holy grail. I feel so bad that those folks can't have been going to the I know, games it's the biggest irony I know them sports. so well, and I'm so excited for them. And last time they went, they beat the Chiefs. Of course, that was 93 with Joe Montana. So that's a long time ago. But um, I, they're certainly capable. I mean, my, I mean, the Chiefs better be on it. Exactly. Because I think the Bills are due... You know, they scored against Indy, but they... They weren't themselves. They've yet to play their best offensive playoff game. You, you agree with me? I and, absolutely and would agree with you. They barely... Listen, last last week they, they threw the ball 37 times, but it felt like 70. So that was, was not ideal. You lose Zach Moss the first game. And really, the run game, and I'm not waiting for it to show up, but I think this weekend they have something there. I mean, Josh Allen was their run game in that first game. And they made a, a number of mistakes. So you're right. We're waiting for them to play like they did down the stretch offensively. And they can still win they it. Can. They can still win playing 90%. But that defense has played really well. And that defense wasn't there for much of the year. It was so funny. It was like the, the biggest identity flip of any team in recent history. Last year, they were the keep everything in front of you, you know, allow 17 points a game type team. And then this year, for a long stretch, it was 28 a game. You know, and, and those linebackers came back. So let me let me ask you those this. Those linebackers are good. Oh, they're the, great. Milano is all over the place. They're, um, they're awesome. He's my favorite player to watch. I mean, sometimes TV doesn't really show all over the field. Now, he's not quite Luke Keekley, but he's kind of there, Luke Keekley. You know, that's not to take anything away from Edmund. So I love here, here If you're a Buffalo fan, right, uh, yeah. you're going, wait a minute, we can come in and beat the Chiefs? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, wait a minute, but don't. But wait a minute, don't tell me Tom Brady's waiting for me for <laughs> twenty years. That? This friggin' guy. Don't even tell me. After twenty years of finally getting him out of the division, don't tell me he's at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> that's the don't way. Even... You, that's the way you beat the video game, Chris. You you have to beat <laughs> that final boss. This is. It couldn't go any other way. Can you imagine Bills Brady? Uh, in a Super Bowl. Oh my gosh! After all those years, it took, yeah, the 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 rabbits got the gun now. Uh, we'll see. I tell you what, yeah. it, when Fitzy beat them up there in eleven. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's a decade ago. 
they're still drinking from that game. Okay? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, all right, so if they if they get there, this is a big if. Let's yep. say they're taking a kneel down in Tampa, and the, and and you know you've called you've called games. Yeah, the Bills are taking a kneel down after sixty minutes. It's about to happen. Ooh. Who 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 do you want making that call, and how should they make that call? Well, it's not the same stadium, but it's the same field that they almost won the first one. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that was the the big sombrero. This I still call this the new sombrero, even though it's been around for twenty three years. <laughs> yeah, because that's looks what old I do. Now. I'm sorry. That's what do you have? But it's the new sombrero. <laughs> it's new you know? sombrero. <laughs> um, it's still new to me. Um, oh, who? Well, I mean, of course, the, whoever. I don't even know what CBS. I think doing CBS it. I mean, has got be, it. I figured Nance and Romo do, do a really say? good job. Yeah. What do you it, say? I whoa. I to be a true Bills fan. I don't think you want to pre-program that one. I'm not evading the question. No, no, no. I'm like, you don't want to assume that that's 120 more minutes of... They've, you know, been to the precipice so many times. Mm -hmm. Um, So, (laughs) I mean, if I were calling it, it certainly would have circling the wagons in there. I mean, maybe they've circled Niagara Falls. I don't know. (laughs) I... Wow, I got to work on I so if that happens and I do I'm doing prime time on TV this week after uh, the championship games by the way uh, on ESPN whenever they give the trophy out in the second game which is the Bills game <sighs> and then we're on Keyshawn Tommy not this year but hopefully back and then I'm doing the show in the Super Bowl which you know you've been a guest of mine on the show mm-hmm. uh, a couple times mm-hmm. and um um uh, you can be sure that on that show, if that's the case, as you described, oh, I'll have something. I know you okay. will. I know you will. I don't know what yet, though. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's I, okay. It's okay. Oh, I'll have, I'm just saying, you're the first to make me think about it. You Good job, think, Hey, that's what we do here. We ask the hard-hitting question. We have a bunch of sidebar conversations. All right, so if you could give one Bills player not named Jim Kelly a ring, who would it be from history? Oh, one? Oh, I'm so friendly with all of them. I know, this um, is like a tough situation for you. I didn't realize. I forgot how tight you were, personally. No, 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 no. That's fine, because I'm in touch with not all of them, but I mean, Jim's golf tournament. We see each other every year, at least once, if not twice, or three times. This year, of course, notwithstanding. I'll answer it a little differently. How about Marv Levy? Yeah. I talked with Marv two weeks ago. He's 90... Five? You know that Don't guy lived me. healthy because he just he he still looks great. He walks. He's Chicago. He he's still humorous on the phone. That's great. <laughs> um, it's not like you know this is not okay. I got a little convert. Oh no, Marv was still had that sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marv gave me some of the best uh, footballisms. I don't mean Yogi Berra. And you'll appreciate this. The one I quote all the time, and Tommy Jackson never forgot it. Mm-hmm. Chris, depth is great until you have to use it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's great. True. 
It sounds like um, somebody should have told me that in coverage one or two times. Well, well. so how about that? It's not as a cop-out answer, but that's a good answer. No, that's a really it? good answer. I thought you might say Norwood. Like, I don't know how Norwood figures into yeah, this. Yeah, no, like, we, you know, we because, love Scotty. I mean, yeah, I, cannot, I can only imagine, man. I think it's one of the most unfair things in sports. I mean, you know, it's why sports are so, why people are so, it's the biggest reality TV show in the world, right? I mean... You can fail to kick a ball through through an upright, which is not has nothing to do with your character or who you are as a man, and that follows you the rest of your life. So I would think I, I'm pulling for them just for Scott Norwood alone, right? That's a good one. You know, that's, um, that's a great one. Chris, yeah, I would probably I might give it to Scott. Yeah, forty six, forty seven yarder. That's not a two inch putt. Uh, no, look point. at the playoffs um, today. Look at this year. Like nobody can hit the broadside of a barn. It's just that his bad luck happened on the biggest stage, and it's like I always felt bad for Cody Parkey. He was in Chicago, and the double doink guy. Right, doink. I was I was on the field for that. That ball was tipped there, boom, and so nobody knew it until after the game. I don't know if it wasn't tipped, if it goes in or not, but I know because the dude right next to me, Trayvon Hester, tipped it. I always have a soft spot for kickers. On one hand, I think I think they should fucking look busier than they do most of the day <laughs> but but i still feel bad for him because you talk about your your friends with a bunch of bills players where is aaron Schobel now man oh i don't know uh i don't know it's like one um, of the greatest rushers and he just disappeared they had a lot of guys that names they don't you don't remember because they weren't hall of famer or hall of fame level players which they had a ton yeah. obviously um, I just wonder about they had a sometimes. lot of bit pieces in that you know uh, Kent Hall was the center the late Kent Hall would mm. be the one that would rush to mind he was a pro bowl or some but and Jim will say are you kidding he yeah. called not the plays but I mean we could go on and on and on but no Norwood is awesome that's like a fellow who uh, passed a year ago was a friend of mine baseball um, you know, Bill Buckner, Buckner yeah. um, who was a hell of a player had almost 3,000 hits, by the way. He passed um, about a year ago. He, he lives in I Idaho. Remember, yeah. And, 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 I, and I would see him at an event every year, he and his, his wife. And, um, you know, the heroes welcome in Boston, but after they won the World Series. So your analogy is perfect because when they would bring back some old Red Sox, he would get about the loudest ovation, but after they won, like which is all four and that World Series was 86. So yeah. that's a wonderful comment on Scott Norwood, and I, I, that's why you're you. That's why you're <laughs> one of the most thoughtful, ferocious <laughs> pass rushers. Thoughtful uh, pass the, rusher. the, you know what? You're right, Boom. I was thinking about rushing the passer a lot, but they were just running power and counter at us oh, perpetually in the second I half. So, so I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it was more good. leads. Uh, hey, one or two quick hitters before we go. We always leave you with with, uh, with a grab bag here. What should happen when the ball comes out of the end zone uh, with, with a fumble? Make the rule. You're, you're oh, the rule for the last day. week? Yeah. I'm not sure it's the worst rule I've ever seen, although, you know, I, I, the penalty, like if it had gone out at the one-inch line, that would have been their ball. I right. I don't know that you give it to them at the 20, like you get to keep it. I, I thought about that one, if people were spot saying. Spot of the fumble? Yeah, maybe spot I, of the fumble. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, in this case would have been the same thing as where it went out of bounds. But in this case, 
maybe spot of the fumble, because sometimes you might fumble it at this eight, let's say. Yeah, and that's really freakish and unfair. The only reason I really care, Boom, is I had Brown's first half plus seven. I told you the flowers. <laughs> the flowers. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, uh, a friend of mine said to ask you about the gold sheet. Oh well, uh, the gold sheet is. I know. Um, I know the gold sheet too. Well, look. When I first got into this, and I became the Swami, nineteen seventy nine. I didn't know it, but they found me, and it wasn't to go hawk it or anything. This thing's been around since the fifties. Old school. They know their football. You know, they got to write their predictions Monday night. By the way, their full length analysis, which is pretty hard to do when you don't know if Mahomes is playing or right, exactly. somebody got hurt on Thursday. You know, um, what do you mean the whole team has COVID? We, we didn't have that when we wrote this. So yeah, I mean, exactly. you, you know, it's hard. But they had the back of it was. Uh, when they printed it, it's a little different. This just this year, it, it's like a road map. We used to call it the road map. Mm-hmm. They'd have the logs on the back of every pro and college team, by the way. And you could, what was they six weeks ago? Who did they? Oh yeah, they won twenty-eight to twenty, but the spread was ten. Like you have it mm-hmm. all in five seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen I used the to sheet. Break I love it out the sheet on the air. I like love, I love the sheet. Jeff Schwartz uh, introduced me to the gold sheet. Uh, my buddy, they're the best. Jeff, yeah, Those so. people are the best, and their writing is humorous. It, 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 they're not trying to be comedians. Yeah, but they. Their writing's great, and they've been nice enough to... I've had many a question, um, and it's not so much, ooh, give me a gambling stat. As the Swami, a lot of it... A lot of things you learn about point spreads teach you about football, too. I know that sounds stupid, yeah, but why... And this has not been the case in these playoffs, but why... What do you mean they're favored by 10 you know, well, but often the last score in a playoff game puts it over it because the teams are not fooling around on October 10th. They're getting rid of you, right? You know, and, and the things like that. Yeah, and it would teach me a lot about. I don't know things other than well, they didn't cover that. You know, the there's just nuggets that I've learned after football that, like in gambling that I learned that I never knew as a player. Like, there's just trends and, like, you know, like, hey, a division sandwich. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, before, like, okay. All right, so a team has is, is, is got a look-ahead game, but it's sandwiched in between two divisional opponents. Like, well, that's a big... Yep. You know, like, I never thought about things like that as a player because as a player, you keep your head down and you just play. You know, but there's all types of these isms that I've learned from, you know... Right, folks that have been game. buying the flowers for years. Uh, I just I'm in the flower game for the first time. Uh, uh, sandwich game, three in a row on the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just wouldn't know off a buy. And by the way, it's not the same for every team. But Andy Reid off another. Of course, he didn't cut. But I mean, as far as winning the game, like well, if... buy or a playoff buy, a regular season buy, he's a joke. Yeah, like nineteen and three or something like. Well, that's not an accident after a while, right? Absolutely. Um, uh, Absolutely. So I love that a young man like you knows about the gold, <laughs> the gold sheet, sheet because <laughs> because here's my favorite gold sheet story. I got friendly with them very early in the '80s, and we had a strike. 
you know, we had a strike for nine weeks, yeah, right? And 80, then, 88? but we had to do a weekly football show anyway, yeah. a half an hour. I did it with Paul McGuire. Uh-huh. And we, I got this idea like week, the sixth week or something. We're going to put up, and we're going to be honest, we're not looking up the scores or anything. We're going to put up the games of 20 years ago, NFL and AFL. We're going to mm-hmm. give you the records. Mm-hmm. You know, this is November 1st of 1962. Well, you know off the top of your head, Green Bay was great, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Green Bay is playing the Bears, and Green Bay is, I'm making it up, 8-0. Well, they only lost one game all year, so I know that. But they're 8-0, and the Bears are 4-5, and and the game is in Chicago. And, and I called the gold sheet up. I said, can you give me, and I'll tell you why, the spreads for 20 years ago? And they go, yeah, if you give us 20 minutes, we'll get that to you. <laughs> going you know? through the, yeah, boom, they were going through the stacks, man, in like a library. That's unbelievable. Well, they have, I mean, this isn't Google it. Oh, no, no. Give, give us a table. What's your phone number? Or call me back in an hour. Mm-hmm. I, I know where to get it. I got one thing I got to do. We'll get that for you. And, of course, you mentioned, the, thanks to our friends at the Gold Sheet, you know, and that, that's what they didn't ask for a damn thing. And, and so we put up the spreads. And Paul and myself picked the games. <laughs> With so point spreads. They were played 20 years ago, but we were honest. And it was fun for the viewers, yeah. you know. They yeah. couldn't Google anything. Yeah. We just threw it out there, and it was awesome. And... Except Paul got one right. I'll leave you with this story. Now, do you remember Paul McGuire? As certainly as an announcer. Yes, and, and yeah, yeah. Your dad. Uh, he was a player. He was one of 19 players, Chris, that played all 10 years in the AFL. Right. He was a punter. He was also a linebacker, uh, but he so he could play that. But he was a really good punter. And you punt in Buffalo. That's no picnic. Right. So especially the old rock pile, uh, the War Memorial Stadium. So. He started with the Chargers. He goes, well, it's unfair, Chris. I know, I remember what happened in that game. I played in it, but I'll tell you why. I think they're playing Boston, the Patriots. And he goes, at the two-minute warning, the bands would come out, you know, and line up behind the end zone, you know, getting ready to take the field at halftime. You know, they still had college marching bands or whatever. (laughs) He goes, and I was a punter, and I was lined up like we were punting from our own three or whatever. And so they're right behind me, and I'm standing there, and the snap goes over my head into the tuba. (laughs) 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 And he goes, I remember we won that game or whatever it was, you know, but I remember because the ball went into the tuba over my head like that. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a funny story. Mm -hmm. I haven't told that in about 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, you can't forget it if it happened like that, man. Hey, boom! You got any uh, charities you want to plug before you roll? I'm in Bob with quite a few, but thank you for this, Chris. You're very, you're, you know, I wouldn't expect anything else from you, but certainly didn't expect this. So sure, you're my guy, dude. It's Appreciate a small you. one. It that it, 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 my late wife, you know, who we lost yep. car accident in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy was a teacher and et cetera, elementary school, et cetera. So we're involved, and I'm involved, and she sure was. It's Literacy Volunteers of Greater Waterbury, Connecticut, and it teaches people who want to learn English to learn English. This isn't really tutoring kids, although it can be, but it's adults who go, you know what, I could be a better person in the workforce. Mm -hmm. My English is okay, but I speak Spanish, for example. Mm -hmm. Teach me. And these are volunteers. I mean, there's literacy volunteers all over the country, Chris, but this is 
And that's one that we do a little all of. We didn't have one this year. A little auction for and do things. That is very kind. That would be the one. I mean, I'm involved with others, certainly, the V and the, and the Dana-Farber. But, I mean, and, and, you know, I'll say it in full, the V Foundation and Dana-Farber, um, the, the Jimmy Fund. But, but, and there are others, but literacy volunteers of Greater Waterbury, Connecticut, that would be... And we're not expecting a darn thing, but... No, um, but you know what? We got some really, really... Um, I mean, I know the listeners really appreciate getting to hear you talk ball for an hour, and uh, what a guest you are, man, and what a guy you are. So, hey, help help him out. I know he's not asking for it, but I know we, we like to be charitable here, so we'll uh, hopefully our listeners will check out the work that they do. Um, and English is a tough language. They say it's the toughest one to learn. Not... Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, hard, lear- I'm yeah. still learning it. <laughs> so, so yeah um yeah but you know how to read the gold sheet so that's pretty good, <laughs> yeah, exactly you know? boom i appreciate you man uh come back another time and i hope to see you when things get back to normal we'll uh we'll, we'll rendezvous for something man and get a beer well i feel like i've known you your whole life chris i'm pr- proud of you the way you handle yourself i'm not surprised and great professional as a person and football player secondary so um, we get so done much. with this thank you for even asking that and um uh, best to you and your family and and uh moms and pops and the god i, I you know brother i met i met pops when he was just a kid too of course <laughs> yeah. so was i yeah. when he had <laughs> so a mullet when he had a mullet not a flat top yeah and i had a lot of hair then in the early <laughs> 80s yeah you're still the man. Then, you look just I the same to me, him brother. and Lyle Alzado. Yep. Him and Lyle Alzado with the Raiders dude. together. Lyle did all the talking, almost like how he was. Wait a minute. You talk when I say you can talk. <laughs> That's you what know? it was. It was classic. So Boom. great to be with you, Chris. Boom. It's great having you, man. The return we've all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the UFC for a shot to turn $1 into $257. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by knockout in the first round. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code GREENLIGHT for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So what we're doing now, Wook, is we're coming out of Chris Berman. Okay. So, so we're not going to beat it. No. God, uh, he's good. <laughs> he's good. He is good. Storyteller. He is a storyteller. I love that you are trying to act like you've seen it, but I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not I, judging I'm you. I'm selling it. He's trying to sell it. Wook's going to listen to the pod later, I'm sure. Um, guys, this is one of those behind-the-curtains looks yeah. at like, showbiz. In a moderately, to quite moderately... Successful podcast this week, number six. A lot of people would be. Did, did you see that? Did I didn't you read that in the newspaper. Whoa! Did you read that in the newspaper? That's awesome. Greenlight Pod, number six sports podcast. I don't know what it means. I don't know if we'll stay there. Okay. Interviews like that will keep you there. But I think it should. Yeah. 
I mean, shit, I'm doing this for the love of the game, though. I just, right. I might as well. And these guys will tell you, this is a real thing. I bet they talk about me behind my back on this thing. They're like, they're probably like, Chris doesn't even give a fuck about the numbers. Like, I do text from time to time. I couldn't even tell you what they mean, honestly. Sometimes I get frustrated if they're not enough, but that was some good news today. Mm-hmm. Some good news. Well, not today, this week. Number six. Great news. Yeah, beer. We were just talking about Miller High Life. And we were talking about Reed. Reed got a, a sip of this. Angel's Envy. Angel's Envy. Reed had some of our sip in bourbon, and um, he loved it. Yeah. Pretty Reed, good. Yeah, give it's us It's really the, good. Yeah. I like bullet rye, and. Um, that, is that the orange? Yeah, no, I love. No, 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 that's green. Oh, you like the green? I love yeah, the orange. Yeah, yeah. I love the orange. I mean, now. they're both really good. I would sound like such a cop in a <laughs> sip and bourbon party, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Which one's the green one? <laughs> hey, I would be like, hey. I want the orange drink. Guys, but have you had the orange bullet? Boulet? Boulet. Fucking dudes in vests would be pointing at me and yep. laughing. Fuck. Reed, what, would, you, would you rank this in your top five? No, for sure. Wow. Ragged Branch I like a lot out here the double oaked yeah oh yeah i actually have had that the double oaked is good really cool saying that (laughs) yes you see how i did that with my chin too (laughs) when you when you just turned your chin up i actually have had that god you feel like you belong yes you're a flannel away from i'm just not i'm not cool though that's the thing yeah i'm just not that fucking cool dude i I gotta figure out like an area of expertise that would make me cool that you can exploit i don't i'm not an expert in anything I got to figure out what the fuck to be an expert in. You're pretty close in music. I, would I wouldn't say. say expert. I would, you know what? I, I think expert music fans like know about the recording and the mute, the musical instruments and like the, the notes and chords and terminology and like B minor and shit. Like, I don't know that stuff. Like if you're not I, an expert. You'd probably be like an adjunct professor. I'm an adjunct <laughs> professor. That's like, I'm just waiting for the new Twitter handle. <laughs> Chris, adjunct professor so of musicology. So before I agree with with this uh, with this new moniker, what is an adjunct professor? In not a full time. Right? Oh fuck that, dude! I'm a fucking <laughs> hey. No, what I'm not. You don't is, have tenure. What I'm not. But yet, you're allowed to guest lecture. I'm not a fucking Oxford guy. Okay. But you could guest lecture. Music. No music. I got a degree from like I don't know Virginia. Yeah. But I'm just not an Oxford guy. Oxford guys know like they read a bunch of books. You know, they know the backstory of everything. I feel like adjunct professor works. God, I don't want to be part time. I listen to music. <laughs> but to you've me. got a full time job running a moderately successful podcast. But I do listen to music while I do it. Okay. You could be a full time professor at University of Phoenix online. And I feel like I, I'm there. Reed, that's great. I don't even have to leave. Exactly. You could, hey, University of Phoenix. If you're listening, hey, I got an idea. Is it amazing? Have you seen that campus? <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. I know. It's gorgeous. Oh, spacious. Uh, University of Phoenix, shout out. Shout out. I might be, uh, might be getting my degree from there. You know I don't have my Virginia degree. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm one semester short. And I always feel weird when people are like, you know, somebody from Virginia is listening right now. I'm like, Michael Scott.jif. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm like, I had to leave to train. So I yeah, left a semester on the table and now I'm Uncle Rico age. And you know, to be sitting in a classroom. You should go back and do it. Like Uncle Rico? Yeah. Like looking like, you know, like kind of. Totally. Like I'm at that, I'm at an awkward age right now. Totally do it. For me to be in a class, you really think the kids. Do would, it now while it's COVID and do it online. You don't even have to go. You found me a loophole there. I did. Do it while you can be online. I'm brilliant, okay? Like really good at school. All right. Mailbag. So excited. Underrated restaurant chains. Bonefish Grill. You like Bonefish Grill? It's the perfect restaurant for a family. <laughs> I love it. Because it's like they got everything. They got seafood. They got steak. They got kids meals. They got all this. And the food doesn't suck. It's kind of nice, but it's not expensive. That's pretty good. Arby's. I can totally see that. With the curly fries. Dude, Arby's is... I'm going to eat Arby's in an hour. I'm going <laughs> to... They, they take pride in giving you extra beef. My lovely wife is going to ask me what the hell we, sh we should eat for dinner. And I'm going to tell her Arby's. And when she says, I don't feel like Arby's, I'm going to say, let's get different stuff. <laughs> you do you and I'll do me. Should be cool about it. Yeah. I love Arby's. Yeah, dude. The roast beef is great. The turkey is great. I okay. agree. All right. All right. All right. Dr. Pepper. They got good Dr. Pepper. It's, it hits different. It's like they had the mix different. It hits different there. Get a Dr. Pepper and an Arby's. Oh. In and out is overrated. Agreed. And the people that know the super secret menu and lord that over you. I went to San Francisco with Jess and they, someone was like, I'll have it monster style. I was like, what's that? It's like, I can't tell you. Animal style. Yeah. It's like, I can't tell you. You don't know the secret code. Here's a take. I mean, Burger King's better burgers than In-N-Out. <gasps> I love Burger King, bro. You don't like Burger <laughs> like King. The, I, I mean, they have, they've got that whole charboiled thing. Some people are like, yo, this is the bad take pod. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I love Burger, Burger King, King over In-N-Out. The burgers, yeah. I am here for the mentions in Twitter later. Don't care. Man, okay. Hey, just, hey. Cry me a river. <laughs> I love Burger King, dude. And I think people will agree that it's closer, at least, than people would, would lead on between In-N-Out and Burger King. And they just did a whole new, like, reno on their uh, logo. That helps. Yeah. Actually, let me see the, the new logo real quick. They went retro. Oh, they went back. They went back. They went back. I think you're going to like it more now. Burger King is doing the thing every professional sports team should do. Going retro. Look at this. I know. I'm going to Burger King. I'm not going to Arby's. I'm thinking of a way that I could disguise Burger King burgers as like some fancy end like Burger Batch and, and watch love my lovely wife mag be like these are really good mm, 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 mm. $20 but tastes like a $20 burger yeah she would be so mad probably do it okay good good mag i didn't say that name football teams based on what they do like what they do i think this is a great great question hard question it's a tough question the tampa bay patriots <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because of what you think <laughs> Do tell, because I did come up with one for Tampa you. Bay. I will tell you. 
They're formerly led by a guy who turned it over so much you wondered if he was playing for the other team. <laughs> and that guy was succeeded by a senior citizen trying to take the franchise to the top. Joe Biden. <laughs> Donald Trump was Jameis Winston. Okay. Diverse staff. Joe okay. Biden's got a diverse staff. Okay. They have a diverse uh, coaching staff. This is good stuff. But on the bad side, they are a Florida team. And right now, I think if the United States had a mascot, it would be the state of Florida. Texans. The Houston gamblers okay they uh they give all their best players away <laughs> and then they drive away all the people that love them the most and that they love the most like deshaun watson i got one the jacksonville redcoats because they're uh the yep. most likely to end, to up, end in up in london in london that's great <laughs> that's great that's really good <laughs> fuck uh Okay, the Patriot, the, the 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 New England Van Halens. They lost their front man. They might never be, might never be the same again. The New England Van Halens. But he, here's the thing. I hope Bill doesn't hear this because this really isn't a shot. I was just doing this for the fucking sake of the the segment. All right, like. I really actually just, you heard it, right? Because you heard the Chris Perman interview. We yeah. talked about uh, Tom Brady and Bill. So you know. So, because uh, because fucking Bill likes uh, he really likes Bon Jovi. Ooh, he had a bad look yesterday at inauguration. He looked. Uh, Did I say that out loud? No, no, no. He looked. Um, he looked. He, it was, it, the whole the whole stage thing on the end of a pier with yeah. the drones is weird to me. I'll just put it that way. Okay. All right. Um, and then the other one I came up with, and I'm not proud of these. I came up with the Washington scandals. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> That's like when they ran out of things to call baseball teams in the 1910s and they called them different colored socks, dude. How about that? Well, everything the, in no, Washington's a scandal. I get it. Whether it's, it's the Redskins or Capitol Hill or the I, presidency. I, no, it's very, it's very good. Uh, but also consider how bad the White Sox, the Red Sox, like, what was that about? I don't know. Does anybody know? I don't know. Scandal. Washington scandals. The last one I had <laughs> was Green Bay. They slaughter <laughs> the bears. Did, oh, yeah, okay. But I couldn't come up with anything better than bear tamer or trappers. Oh or trappers. No. Yeah, I couldn't come up with it. Fine. Just quit. I just quit. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's the bear, the bear, bear tamers? <laughs> the bears versus the bear tamers. The Pats have kicked their ass You're like, over I and over. I couldn't come up with anything better. Oh, well, so Game? I'm trying to think of something that kills bears. I had Trapper. Oh, the Green Bay Rednecks. Sure. The only people that hunt bears I know are just big <laughs> rednecks. No offense. I mean, like, I just don't, I could not, I could never, even if you have a tag for it, I just am not a okay. kill a bear guy. Nope. Movies you, you enjoy that you know are terrible. So I feel like I had the cheat code on this one because I feel like if you go Sylvester Stallone and Nick Cage, you can ramble off a ton in a hurry. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> national Treasure. Yeah, National Treasure. Con Air. Remember that one? Dude, you're about to get fucking run off the internet. <laughs> what the these? You're saying bad movies that are fun to watch. 
Yeah, but Con Air is actually, it's like a, it's like a, it's Gone with the Wind, Con Air. All right. Shawshank Redemption. Okay, so I'll go Demolition Man with Stallone. Absolutely. I'm just, yeah, uh, absolutely. Demolition Man. Okay, what about, this is, I'm taking two risks here. Fear with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. That scene on the roller coaster, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, yeah, was that, was he, uh, was he having relations or was he exactly with his that's right and then my next one is showgirls never i've always enjoyed it as a teenager <laughs> of course you did it was like the first soft porn that came out can't be I'm good trying think, i'm trying to think of the movie like the, i told oh i told this story on ryan Rosillo's pod recently but um stab my our school m- middle school first uh big trip we did as a group Williamsburg right mm. um colonial yeah see the blacksmiths yeah see the you know, see how they lived back then yeah you know you can do all that stuff you know get get terrible diseases like get a cold die from a cold correct um also we stayed at this this hotel which was a big deal because we were 12 and uh we had roommates mine was sid perec you remember him yes shout out to sid perec he probably had a bad trip because <laughs> the door was opening and closing all night because i was watching jade 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 was a movie with the chick from men in black in it the dark-haired chick but it's essentially a soft core porn okay so i had it on and i was just calling people's rooms to tell them jade was on <laughs> and, and everybody was coming to watch and eventually uh the hall what do they call those the chaperones yes they got word and then there was no more williamsburg trip ever again <laughs> so, so i'm sorry you and high school trips man i have yeah i was like oh for four what all right, what do you got for fun to watch bad movies uh simon says it's a movie with dennis rodman you should see it everybody who listens to this podcast would you, identify right, no seriously everybody who listens go watch simon says and i'll do a pod on the movie like that's how much fun dude it it's dennis Rodman. fair uh secret agent movie okay yeah yeah it's terrible uh one of the reviews said total indefensible trash great stuff <laughs> it was um it's one of the greatest movies i've ever seen dane cook is in it okay I mean, how did Dane Cook end up in, in this fucking movie? He's it's got probably the thing he doesn't talk about anymore. I really want to have Dane Cook on this pod. Okay, maybe this gets out. I would love to have Dane Cook on the pod to hear his side of the story, okay? <clears throat> I, just want to, I just want to hear your side of the story. Because I always have to talk about, like, the 1 in 15 seasons. This is a 1 in 15 season of Dane Cook's career. Yeah. Why was he in that? Why? It's like hiding at the bottom of IMDb. Zero percent. Okay. Um, Dane, come on anytime. We'll let you tell your side of it, buddy. All right, Wook. I think we, uh, we've been whispered to enough. That was fun. Thanks for letting me come by again. And we, had, we had some bourbon. We got to answer some questions. That was good, man. It was good. I appreciate it. Catch y'all Monday morning. Uh, we will be back to an early drop. So check that out uh everything that happens sunday we'll go over that and uh what lies ahead coming down the home stretch here can't say i'm not excited to be done with football joking love it (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) 
<laughs> See y'all Monday. 